1: Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Blue Chew brings you the first chewable. With the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works in giving you a boner. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Besides from me reading this. It's made in the U.S. of A. America. And... Since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. You can visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code armchair. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew, B-L-U-E, chew.com, promo code armchair, A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R, to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we'd like to thank them for sponsoring this train wreck of a podcast.
1: All right, everybody. Welcome to a bonus edition of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. It's a bonus because it's extra on top of what you get on the daily podcast. And the reason it is a bonus podcast is because... Andrew, we have breaking news, Drew Brees had his surgery yesterday, he was showing the pictures to everyone, as is 2019 custom, athletes have surgery, they show the post pictures, he was showing the picture of his thumb wrap. apparently it went perfect, so everything is well, and that window is going to be six to eight weeks, so we know how long about he's going to be out? So now what do the Saints – how does this affect what happens for the Saints going forward, do you think? Yeah, well, it's good news
0: that surgery went well, obviously, no complications or anything. And uh, so, you know, the tweet from Rap Sheet is that the uh, six-week timeline is in sight. Now, yeah. the, interesting th- the interesting thing about six weeks is that once you hit six weeks – that seventh week is is a buy for the Saints, um, so I think that comes actually at a fortunate time. Perfect, uh, because perfect. if if he, if, he, if he's really kind of ready and healed and good to go at at the six week mark, that basically gives him two two weeks, you know, after the, the sixth game, it gives him a full week after that, and then a week of preparation to get ready for the Falcons. Um, so I think that timeline actually suits the Saints pretty well, or at least the buy the falls on a good timing considering this injury. And then when you look at the schedule, if he comes back at that point, you're talking about four straight games against NFC South opponents. Yeah. Including two against the Falcons. Um so, you know, we don't know how Drew Brees is gonna look when he comes back. Is he going to be firing on all cylinders? We don't know. Um, but there's still gonna be something to play for at that point. And so that's if great. they can hold and it, if they to.
1: if if they can hold it on, they gotta hold. They right, have, they, right. They so, gotta hold so it they've out. they've got six games, and you know,
0: you figure two and four is kind of like the bare bare minimum that Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill can get away with. You know, I think at two and four, there's at least hope. Um, it would give Breeze basically little to no margin for error, but he could probably lose one game and they could finish ten and six. But yeah, you know, I think everyone kind of sees pretty clearly that the target here is three and three. If you can split these next six games, that's huge.
1: They really – I know everybody says three and three is the target. But to me – and that's realistic. But realistically for the Saints, whatever the win total is, I don't even much less care about the win total in a sense of I'm just going to look at where they are in the NFC South. If they go three and three – but Atlanta somehow catches fire and goes five and one, and Atlanta is six and two, and the Saints are four and four. You are two games back. That's a lot. That's a lot of games to go. That's a lot of games with only eight games left, even though you'd play them twice, right? So, right. to me, if you told, I, I, if the Saints can be within a game of first place. I don't care about the record, really. Like, now granted, it wouldn't be any fun to be 3 and 5, but I would rather the Saints be 3 and 5 and Atlanta be 4 and 4 than the Saints be 4 and 4 and Atlanta be 6 and 2. So like that's what I'm going to look at. Like as long as you're within a game, when you have all these NFC South games left to play, you're fine. So um yeah, and right now you're tied for first place. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, staying in con- – I mean, that's a good point. And I think staying in contact with the division, you know, I think I think a bye in seeding is kind of out the window at this point. I think you have to accept that that, that the Saints aren't going to be the top seed in the NFC this year, and that's the reality of this injury. But, um, it, you know, if they can win the division, then they're going to have a home game to start the playoffs, and that's got to be the goal for now.
1: You know, I think the thing with the Saints is – looking forward for the playoffs like you say the home field is out. The, the main thing for me I want is you can win the division and you get a home game and maybe that first playoff game you get it in a dome you get it in you know the Rams again. I know people wouldn't want to play the Rams again but the, I'd rather go to the Rams or San Francisco than, ra- than like Seattle or Green Bay or even, even Dallas as good as they are like no weather, no weather situation there. So that's a long way off. So we have, we know we have six weeks. Um, now that the Saints sort of have it locked in place, and the interesting thing, Andrew, yesterday was Rod Walker of the the, the Times-Picayune asked uh, Sean Payton. He's like, look, now that Taysom Hill is the backup quarterback, does that limit what you can use him on for other things? And Sean Payton was like, who says he's number two? We're playing both, baby. We're going to get weird. Um, so I sort of have changed my mind, and it's a WWL column it'll it, it'll post today. Uh, I changed my mind. A- Andrew, I know we said, hey, he can't risk Taysom Hill. They got to play him left. I think that's out the window. I think Sean Payton is going to play them both, and he's not going to care. And if injuries happen, it happens, whatever. That's tough, tough break, Taysom. Tough break, kid. I think he's going to be aggressive and risky, and he's going to be playing Taysom Hill a lot. I've changed my mind completely. Yeah, I think I've changed my mind too. I still, I still question.
0: It's if risky. He plays on. I, I, still question if he plays on special teams anymore. Like I, I, could see him. You know, I know he's like on the kickoff return unit. No, you can't do that. Like, no, uh, that's that's yeah, gone. I, yeah. So you know, I, I, wonder if he's removed from that stuff. But yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like, all well, I thought it was interesting that they added J T Barrett to the practice squad. Um, because obviously he's kind of the insurance policy, right? If something does happen and
1: oh. that, that signal, I, I think that signals that they are going to take some risks. You
0: know, J- JT Barrett, is,
1: calling calling JT Barrett an insurance policy is like calling uh, the guy who goes door to door Selling you insurance for eight dollars a month, insurance policy. I mean, well, I, yeah. If I hear JT you, Barrett's I mean, playing, just I mean, you,
0: you see, you see what happened to the Jets. Like at some point, you run out of quarterbacks, right? Yeah. So it's. I mean, you got you got to have somebody taking snaps, and you know, there's no distance too far for the
2: perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming.
3: So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.
0: The Saints have three injuries. I mean, that, that's going to take two more injuries at quarterback, Bridgewater and Hill for Barrett. But I mean, you know, if, if if one of those guys gets banged up or hurt and you're playing, yeah. if, if you're potentially yeah. playing two of them each game, I think the risk for injury to one of them goes, goes up. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where until breeze gets back, JT Barrett may maybe get on the active roster at some point. So we'll have to see, but I, I agree with you. I, I think the more I think about it too. So yes, I think maybe we take him away from the, from the, uh, special teams roles, but otherwise I do think he should play on offense. And the thing is, first of all, Taysom Hill is a dynamic player and, When you don't have Drew Brees in your offense, like you can't take away a dynamic player in your offense along with it. Like if anything, the the offense needs him now more than ever. So that would be my first point in why you play him and why I've kind of changed my mind on this. And the second thing is, I just think points are going to be hard to come by for this offense. It's just it's different now. With without Brees, it's just more difficult to put up points. And I just think Sean Payton is gonna look for ways to manufacture as many points as he can. And whether that's a Taysom Hill deep ball out of the, when he's out of the Wildcat or whatever he needs to concoct, you know, to, to make this offense go, he, he's gotta do. And so and I think it's smart. Like, look, the thing is, Sean Payton may decide he's not playing Taysom Hill at all. He may decide, you know what, we can't risk injury there. And Teddy's going to be his starter, and he's going to play the whole game. But I think he's playing it right because he's forcing Seattle before this game. Now, I, I think the cat's out of the bag with how he he's going to use both quarterbacks while Breeze is out after this game. Because then the next team will have tape, and Dallas will be able to see what the plan is, how they use yeah. both guys. Uh, but going into this game, it's a total mystery for the Seahawks, how the Saints are going to approach it. And he wants to keep that element of surprise and force Seattle yeah. to, to spin their wheels on preseason tape and how Taysom Hill was used and, you know, how Teddy Bridgewater played in the preseason, all that stuff. And he's going to make them study all that stuff. And I think he's going to put them in the weeds a little bit in their preparation, which I think is a smart thing to do.
1: Yeah. And look. You know, when, he, when we originally were talking about what are we going to do for Thursday before, the, you know, before we got the good news on Drew Brees' surgery, we were we were, we were saying, hey, let's go back and look at the 2015 Carolina Panthers Saints game because that's when Luke McCown played, and that can sort of give us that's the only data point we have, right, of Sean Payton without Drew Brees. That's it. That's the only one yeah. we have. So that's what you look at, and that was sort of before Sean Payton sort of said, hey, I'm going to play both. I don't I don't know who's start. I'm not going to tell you who's starting, and that you know. With Taysom Hill, it adds an extra element. But I do think, me and you rewatched the Carolina game. The one thing that struck me, and I'm not a tape watcher as you, but just watching it, I, Andrew, I, had remembered vaguely, like a lot of Saints fans said, "Oh yeah, Luke McCown, he played, he played good that game, and he, and he threw that inter- interception where Josh Norman made that good play, and the Saints they almost won, and he was, he was pretty good, and, and it just sort of faded. But when I went back and watched it, Andrew." what Sean Payton was able to get from Luke McCown against by the way the NFC champion Carolina Panthers who went 15 and 1 and had an elite defense and were a great football team uh what he got from him was amazing i didn't re- i didn't remember Luke McCown started 14 of 15 and had a 94 yard touchdown drive to put the Saints up 10 nothing he looked Remarkable,
0: he really did. He had it, yeah. You know, so, like you said, 14 and 15, and you know, so much of it was scripted. I, I the thing that probably impressed me the most is just <clears throat> how quick the ball was out all the time. And it was just like, it was one of those things where I think the Saints just felt like, hey, we can't run on Carolina, we know we can't, their front is too good. So, what we're going to do is we're going to snap the ball and the ball's going to be out and we're just going to our passing game is going to be an extension of the run game. You're going to throw mm-hmm. short 4 or 5 yard passes and we're going to nickel and dime them to death. Now, give Luke McCown credit because while those throws were pretty easy, his location on those balls was excellent, you know. And and you still I mean you still have to make the throw even if they're easier throws. You you don't go 14 and 15 by accident. I mean, you have to be accurate to do that. Even on the short stuff. So While the throws were a little bit easier, I just thought his ability to execute, get the ball out quickly, it was pretty impressive. And so I just wonder if it, yeah, like you said, is it going to be something similar here where Breeze, or sorry, where Bridgewater just comes out of the gate and boom, 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 balls out quickly? The Saints aren't running the ball that much. They're really doing more possession passing, um, which is what they do a little bit with Breeze. But Bridgewater, to me, has always been a guy that maybe hangs onto the ball a little bit longer than he should. And I'm curious to see in this game if we see a transformation here, where everything's out quickly, everything's quickly and designed, orchestrated. Um, they only have a week to prepare, so you know there's a big question there of how much Teddy Bridgewater can absorb and how prepared can he be in a week when he's going on the road at Seattle and with all that crowd noise. But um, hey, it was the same circumstance for McCown going into a road game, division opponent, very good defense um and he played well.
1: Yeah, and the thing that I noticed too about it was they did a lot of short passes, but you know, this was kind of at the beginning of Brandon Cook's career with the Saints and the Saints sort of hadn't figured out that he wasn't necessarily you know, when they drafted him, they thought he was going to be this great in-space player, right? He's this little tiny dude that runs really fast. We can get him the ball on bubble screens and that sort of yeah. thing. And he can break plays. And, and the Saints kind of didn't figure it out till later that, no, even though he's tiny, he's really a deep threat kind of guy, right? Um, and yeah. that... 20- well, he,
0: he's just more... He's more of a traditional receiver that runs route. He, he's not really a after-the-catch guy. He's more of like run a good route, make a good catch kind of guy. And,
3: yeah, but the... Um,
0: so the way they use Camara now, and I think Kamara's really effective in that role, is really kind of, at least in the passing game, what, the vision they had for Cooks. Cooks just didn't execute it as well as Kamara does. Yeah,
1: but they tried it against Carolina. They were doing it. They were moving Cooks around. Uh, they were doing bubble screens and slants to him and even though he wasn't necessarily I don't think necessarily as great as they thought like it was a slant six yards seven yards bubble screen on first down four yards like the whole plan I think was like we cannot have Luke McCown on the road in third and more than seven like we have to avoid that at all costs and I think in Seattle, which the crowd noise is even going to be more amped up, I think they're going to. I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to. Tr- I think if the Saints are competitive and win this game, Kamara is going to have a ton of touches. Like that's just how it's going to be.
0: Yeah, and he has to. I mean, that's their horse. When you lose a guy like Drew Brees, you got to lean on the guys that are difference makers in the game, and so you know. Kamara and Thomas we always talk about how this offense goes through them uh we were kind of hoping that Jared Cook would maybe change that a little bit this year um but you know obviously that's not going to happen um and you know listen Dave's boy Lil Jordan he uh he's called he up it's going to be interesting to see if he's active for this one or if they go with Austin Carr um, I hope but, I hope uh, Little
1: Jordan catches a touchdown and Dave gets to be insufferable Monday night.
0: Yeah. Well, what are we gonna do if <laughs> Lil Jordan and Granderson are both active, and Lil Jordan gets a touchdown and Granderson gets a sack? We'll that just would have be... you
1: and Dave fight it out in the Coliseum. know <laughs> <laughs> um, it's exciting,
0: man. It's it's. Um, you know, there's been some injuries though. You know, Kirk, Kirkwood and Anzalone. We haven't talked about them too much.
1: And you um, know what's a sneaky injury too is Pete. If Pete. He's hurt. He's the backup left tackle, so nail tackle becomes even more fragile.
0: Yeah. Well, he he's uh, he's limited at practice, so I'm I'm hopeful that he's going to go. Um, it's a good sign that he was practicing yesterday. Um, but uh, it looks like Traquan he, he has not been practicing. So you know, all of a sudden you've got Traquan. He's probably going to miss this week with his ankle issue. Kirkwood's on IR, so receivers changing cr- quickly here, and we're going to see little Jordan. We're going to see Austin Carr. Those are guys that haven't played yet this year. Um, so. I don't know that there's a huge drop-off, honestly, because Kirkwood really hasn't given you anything this year, and Traquan w- was actually looking pretty nice. But I, I, I think the difference, you know, there, there, it's a blessing and a curse, right, to not have great receivers. Because I think while Kirkwood and Traquan were maybe nothing special, and we're disappointed that they, aren't, they aren't performing better. Um, I don't think it's a huge drop-off to the next guys on the list.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, and we'll get in. We'll get into more of the the actual game plan of what the Saints will try to do versus Seattle tomorrow. The one thing that I will say that gives me hope is Andy Dalton threw for four hundred yards in Seattle, and and he did that. He didn't have AJ Green, you know. So yeah. I th- I think Saints fans, we we view Seattle as a as a as a house of horrors for the Saints, and that is. Accurate, you know. We have Beastquake, and we have the the two the, the the Monday Night Massacre in 2013, and the playoff game, which it was closer, but it was still not a pleasant experience, right, for the Saints fans. So we have all those experiences in our mind. But all those experiences, 2013 is a long time ago. 20 yeah. You know, 2010 is a long time ago. Th- those defenses for Seattle are gone, and yes, they 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 added Clowney and. Um, they may have uh, Ziggy Ansa playing he 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 looks like he's gonna be healthy. But they're a different they're a different team and I think we have to and, and we'll do it tomorrow, we have to look at Seattle as what they are now and and, and sort of divorce ourselves from our traumatic experiences in the past, which is hard to do as a fan, but it's, and we say it's a cliche and and it's different every year, but this team, this is not, this is not 2013 Seattle. Russell Wilson is there, but it's everything else is different. Yeah, no, it's well said. Uh, but
0: I think the one constant is that it's a difficult environment. You know, the crowd, the crowd noise and and the environment in the stadium is, is what it is. And that's not changing. And so, um, While I agree with you, I think you you said it, man. I mean, your comment about how we just can't get in third and sevens or more like that just can't happen. And so when I look at last week against the Rams where it was first and 10 and Bridgewater throws a perfect ball to cook on an eight yard hook route and it's dropped. And instead of second and two, it's second and 10. That can't happen. The penalties, they can't happen. So I don't know how effective the Saints are going to be running the football throwing the football but 3rd and 7 plus is a recipe for disaster because then you have to throw and Clowney, Clowney and ansa they can pin their ears back and pass rush and i think that with that crowd noise that's where and, and li- limited at receiver with some injuries that's where bridgewater starts to get in huge trouble so yeah because
1: you it, because it's 3rd down it's super loud you can't hear you can't audible you got a rookie center, you know, it just, and you're, you get injuries at wide receiver, and it's just, it all stacks on top of it, whereas if you have all those things, the crowd will be loud, you know, you have a rookie center. But if you can just be – and the thing is, too, man – you could say whatever you want about Seattle's crowd, the Dome crowd, but the crowd, they are not, they're not going to be the same if you're consistently getting to third and two, third and three. The crowd's just not going to be as amped as they are when it's third and ten, or third and eight, or third and fifteen. They're just not. And if you can just consistently keep it in manageable... Yeah. Keep it, yeah, keep it in manageable distances, you just sort of ramp that crowd just down to not as, not as much. So it's just... And that's
0: exactly I mean, they lose the game in Carolina and it got tense at the end because it came down to the final drive. But I I think the Saints did an incredible job of that in that Luke McCown start in 2015. And so you you brought that game up. But I think there's really a lot to learn from that. And I I encourage Saints fans, if if you're bored and you're looking for something to do and you have game pass, you'll watch it because. That's a, I think, a huge clue into how the Saints are going to approach this game.
1: I think, and I, I said it in a column. I went back and found a column. I said it in the column, and I stand by it. I stood by it now, then a hundred percent, and I stand by it now. It's one of Sean Payton's finest game plans that he's ever put together as a Saints coach, and and, there was, and the was and the result doesn't change it. You know, it was it was a masterpiece to go in there with Luke McCown. And look, Luke McCown. I went into his game log, Andrew. The only other game that he's had in his and he had in his entire career that was remotely close to that was a game against was, the Saints. Right. right
0: where he was a Tampa quarterback. Yeah, where he was a Tampa right? quarterback. Yeah. That's
1: it. That's it. Those, those that's it. So so like Sean Payton
0: That got probably some,
1: got that game probably got him the Saints backup job. Probably. Honestly. Probably. And uh and uh AJ Klein's game against the Saints in 2015 probably got him the contract from the Saints. Yeah, it's probably yeah. the reason he's on the Saints now, but but my point is, like, if if Sean Payton he coaxed something out of Luke McCown that's never happened, only happened once before, and didn't happen again. So if he can do that with Luke McCown, if Teddy Bridgewater's healthy and back, there's no reason why he can't get it out of Teddy Bridgewater. You know, so I watched that game and it gave me hope and excitement that. Sean Payton is smart enough and a good, a great enough coach to get this done. But we'll see, and we'll give you the game plan tomorrow. But thanks, guys. This has been free because of Blue Chew at the top and MyBookie. Go to MyBookie and use the code uh, CHAIR, and you get a 50% sign-up bonus. Uh, MyBookie, they're the best online app. And if you do it now and you go to MyBookie.ag and you put in $50 for the next – Till the end of September, armchair, you send us the confirmation that you signed up on my bookie. They'll send you a check for $20. Just send it to SaintsHappyHour at Gmail. So for Andrew, yeah. I'm Ralph. We'll see you tomorrow for the game preview. But that is just going to be for people that are patrons that pay $7. So until then, have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow.